the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, thanks for joining us, SoCal Live. I'm Pastor Rob McCoy, the guest host with KPRZ and KKLA, covering all of Southern California. And though they call it SoCal Live, today we're calling it Liberty Station, and that's a song by James Carr. Good luck finding it. Uh, I, I love that song. And uh, we're calling it Liberty Station, and it's time to board the Freedom Train because liberty is doing what's right, and freedom is having choices. I'll tell you what, I... I uh, I learned everything I know about politics and stepping into politics because there was no one out there to instruct you on how to do it. And as a pastor, folks were saying pastors shouldn't run for office, pastors shouldn't hold office, there's a separation of church and state. And then God brought into my life this amazing man who's our next guest. He is the he was the governor of Arkansas. He was a presidential candidate. He was also the lieutenant governor of Arkansas. But he was a pastor before all of that, and actually before being a pastor, I think his first job was actually doing radio, so I, I'm a noob and, and he is a master. But uh, Governor Mike Huckabee, I love this man, he's my mentor, I wouldn't be doing this program, I wouldn't be who I am today had I not had him as an example to follow, and and he has he has already plowed the way for me, and I am so grateful that he would join us today. So folks, I know all of you out there, just Pull the car aside and and park it in a safe area and start clapping right now because this is a wonderful man of God who has blessed us all. Folks, let's welcome Governor Mike Huckabee. Thanks for joining us, Governor. Oh, thank you. Rob, with a send-up like that, I'm so afraid that, you know, people are going to have great expectations. (laughs) Uh, The send-up was so good. And the other thing, you said, gee, everything you are— it's because of me, and I'm thinking, I'm going to get blamed for every screw-up you have. Well, I, the I, other I, you get the good and the bad. you got to deal with it. Oh, I know it. <laughs> no, let me tell you, just to kind of uh, return the serve there, um, you're one of my heroes. I have watched you and just admired your spunk and your willingness to uh, put yourself out there for public service. You served as mayor of Thousand Oaks on the city council ran for the state legislature, never let any of it get you down. And then you, you've really demonstrated, I think, through the pandemic, a graceful, cheerful way to say that you're not going to let your congregation be told by the government that they cannot worship God. You didn't do it with meanness. You didn't do it with rebellious uh, spirit. You did it with a sense of just saying, here's who we are. We have to serve God first. It has been a wonderful thing to watch, and I'm just so proud of you. Rob, you have no idea, and I'm grateful to God for how he is using you and continues to. So uh, whatever things you might want to say about me, I'm deeply honored, and I appreciate it. But I really believe you're one of the most uh, extraordinary people serving God and serving uh, public service in the country right now. Well, Governor, thank you for your kind words. I I will say that running for office in California, being a conservative is like being a California condor. It's an endangered species. And (laughs) and when I I decided to run, I I really was 
inspired by you in this, and, and we can argue later who will be the president of the Mutual Admiration Society, but but I was inspired by you because Arkansas, when, when you as a pastor decided to run for the Senate, and there hadn't been a Republican senator, I think, elected since before Reconstruction in Arkansas, and 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 the the lion's share of the legislature was dominated by the Democratic Party. You run for senator. You give it your all. You were running in such a way as to win. You were, and I know how exhausting that is. And you lost. And then the party comes to you and wants to use you as a sacrificial lamb because we know that the governor of the state back then, uh, Governor Clinton, uh, won the presidency, and so the lieutenant governor uh, becomes governor. Uh, and and. They have to have a special election for lieutenant governor, and they asked you to run. And there hadn't been a lieutenant, a Republican lieutenant governor elected probably since the, the Civil War. And you run and you win. And then they lock you out of your office. And they, 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 they I mean, and, and the way you won is, is politics is done by addition and multiplication, not by division and subtraction. There weren't enough Republicans in Arkansas to get you elected. You, you, you won the black American vote in 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 Arkansas you went where you you most people said you shouldn't go but you're a man that loves people people aren't the enemy they're the opportunity and you single-handedly not only were elected to the lieutenant governor then the governor for re-election after Guy Tucker got you know that's what happens he got a cell number uh went to jail but but then you you also uh the, the legislature's completely changed can you share with everybody all of that well, the, the short version of the story, if there is such a short version, is that, you know, I ran at a time when Republicans simply didn't get elected. Right. Uh, the makeup in the legislature, there were 91 uh, Democrats and nine Republicans, and some of them were suspect in the House. Yeah. And in the Senate, there were 31 uh, Democrats and four Republicans. So when I first became a lieutenant governor, I mean, I was in this overwhelmingly uh, just unbelievably minority position. It was very challenging. And when I did get elected on the day of my swearing in, the Democrats at the Capitol uh, had my door to my office nailed shut from the inside. So I literally did not have the office of lieutenant governor to occupy. And I was locked out of that door for 59 days Mm. until so many people were sick of it. And they finally were humiliated into uh, taking the nails out of the door. And I, I want to make clear that people understand it wasn't just locked. It was nailed shut yeah. from the inside. Wall Street Journal <laughs> flew a reporter down to see, was it true? But here's one of the things that I learned. And I think part of why I won in 1993 in the special election, first of all, the the establishment, it was not just Democrats. It was the hardcore political establishment, much like we see in the swamp in D.C. today. Nobody challenged them. Nobody dared challenge them because they would say, basically, we'll put you out of business. We will make sure that uh, uh, we so encumber you with regulations and rules and challenges. And so people just didn't want to pay that price. So we ran a real grassroots campaign the uh, threshold of which people had to report their contributions to me was $100. So I virtually had no contributions over $99 because people didn't want to be known as having supported me. And uh, But I, I learned something and developed the concept that I have lived my political life with, and that is that for the people who play the game of politics, it's all horizontal, left, right, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican. Right. But for the average American, 
politics is not horizontal. It's vertical. It's up or down. You're going to make things better or you're going to make it worse. Exactly. And it's not so much building it around the party. It's a huge mistake I think Republicans make is trying to get people to ride the elephant when what they need to really focus upon is here are the things, the policies, the ideas that we want to bring. And if you agree with these ideas, vote for us, vote for me. Um, this is what I stand for. And if it's what you stand for, then join with me and forget the party stuff. That comes second. But so many people try to make it first. And in doing so, I think we lose elections that we ought to be winning. Right now in California, uh, when I'm looking at this recall election, I can't believe that even hardcore Democrats in California think that it is okay that Gavin Newsom could go to the French Laundry restaurant and uh, go out there and tell everybody uh, that they have to wear masks, they can't go out to eat, don't be close to people. And he gets in a very expensive restaurant with a bunch of lobbyists, no masks, right next to each other, and it's okay for him. And, 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 and that's including that. the that's including the state health officer that was at that dinner. And the average price of an appetizer exactly. is more than the average welfare check that people were receiving during the lockdown. It, it was unconscionable. Well, and then for him to say that churches were not essential, but casinos and strip clubs were, that's outrageous. It's an insult to the people of California. And I don't care what your political affiliation is. I think people are sick of that kind of duplicity. My point is, is a person doesn't have to say, I want to be a Republican. All they want to be able to say is, I don't think this guy understands what it's like to live life like the average person has to. I don't think he cares about people who are homeless living on the doorstep of my business because he doesn't have to put up with that. He doesn't have to put up with crime. He's surrounded by people with guns. Uh, but there's a lot of people in the state of California, they're not so fortunate. And they don't get to uh, protect themselves because guys like Gavin Newsom don't think they ought to be able to do that. Yeah. All of that is to say that's vertical politics to say this isn't about left, right, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican. This is about is your life as a person in California, is it getting better or is it getting worse? And if it's getting worse, then give a chance to somebody who might take you up rather than down. That's vertical politics. Uh, you have such a lovely way, especially with civility, of presenting it so that everyone understands it. And and that's the one thing I've watched with you over the years as you've you've been on Fox and, and now with your own television show and listening to you on the radio. And, and if folks don't recognize this voice over the radio, it is Governor Mike Huckabee. It, it, it is – everyone should know your voice. It is the warmest, most comforting – and this is Governor Mike Huckabee, and you're at SoCal Live, and I'm the guest host. You don't need to know my voice. I'm Rob McCoy. But, but Mike, with, with, with what you just said and, and looking at California having an opportunity to have a new governor and, and, and then realizing what transpired in Arkansas, a lot of folks are saying, well, okay, on election night in California, yeah, the governor will be recalled, and, and maybe uh, you know the person polling the highest right now is uh, Larry Elder. He's over 20%. He'll be the governor-elect. Uh, but 30 days from now, they're going to find ballots you know, in some garage that, uh, that, that's going to put someone else over the line or is going to allow the governor to you know, retain office. And people think, well, it's so corrupt that why participate? Yet Arkansas was just as corrupt. And, and we look at Dade County in Florida— where, you know, back with, with Bush Gore 
it was the most corrupt with the, the dimpled ballots and the hanging chads and all that. And yet one man, Governor DeSantis, turned it around and on election night, Florida was all in. They'd had all their ballots counted and it was clean. And Dade County is operating properly now. And, and if Arkansas can change, if Florida can change, would you agree that uh, California can? Absolutely. And a lot of it has to do with uh, keeping the lights on. And by lights, I mean sunlight is the best disinfectant there is. And if there's something that really is stinky, something that is vile and unclean, uh, put it under the intensity of sunlight. And it's amazing how much it starts to uh, clear up. So put the lights on this election. Make sure that there are people watching every ballot and every uh, polling place. And if there's some funny business, you know, the voters have to scream uh, bloody murder over it and, and not just lay over and say, well, there's nothing we can do. Of course, there's something you can do. But the most important thing, go vote. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Gavin Newsom's supporters are very motivated. Why would they be? Why would they want to go out and keep a guy in office who has not addressed the problem of crime and homelessness? And one of the things that people have asked me, why do you care about what's happening in California? Rob, let me tell you why I care, because I was out there campaigning for the recall just a month ago, and here's why. What California does affects all the other 49 states. California is the breadbasket of the world, the salad bowl of the world. 17% of all agricultural commodities come out of the state of California. And if policies that are directed toward the agricultural world, ranching and farming, are really, really cumbersome, and they are in California, then that means that the cost of farming and ranching in California is much more expensive than in other parts of the country, which means that if you're a hardworking stiff in Mississippi and you barely make, you know, 12 bucks an hour, the price of the food that is on your dinner table tonight costs more because of California's very draconian regulations on the farmers of that state. So the rest of America is watching and saying to the people of California, can you help a brother? Come on. Can uh, you help a brother <laughs> and get this guy out so that somebody can come who will appreciate the farmers and ranchers, will recognize what a gift that God has given to the world through California's yeah. agricultural community. I'm hoping that happens. Um, you and me both, from your lips to God's ears. And and as an ordained minister, and I myself am an ordained minister, you are an ordained minister, and folks in the church think, you know, we shouldn't be participating in politics. And here you're listening to two ordained ministers who have engaged in the political world, still believe in it, still participate in it, and and still minister to the gospel and share Christ uh, throughout the world. But but I, I, I was moved by what you said about the San Joaquin Valley. It is the breadbasket of the world in the sense that we produce more cotton in the San Joaquin Valley or more cotton in California than, than the entire South combined. And, and I was, interestingly enough, I was with a lifelong Democrat and my mother, who's gone to be with the Lord, uh, she understands now, but she would have been furious had I done this, uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr., who is contending in California, and, and this is on the left, so you're talking right, middle, and left, are, are, are all saying these mandates are, are, are vile as far as not being able to work in this medical segregation that we are, or medical apartheid we're thrusting on Americans. Whether you believe in vaccination or you don't, it's irrelevant. The government's right ends where my skin begins. And, and here I am with, with, with Bobby Kennedy Jr., and I thought about this, Governor, in 1968, when his father was assassinated here in Los Angeles, 
uh, it was right then that Calvary Chapel started, of which I'm affiliated with. And Chuck Smith looked out at a, at a burned-out group of, of young people who had checked out of the church, tuned into Eastern religions and experimental drug use, and they were awash on the shores of California, just drugged out. And he and Kay started Calvary Chapel. But all of their political heroes had been either assassinated, had been assassinated. JFK was killed in 63. Reverend King was shot in 1968. Bobby uh, Kennedy was shot in, in 1968. And so Chuck avoided politics, Chuck Smith, and he just taught the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. And I'm grateful for what he did. I know the Bible, all 66 books, cover to cover because of what that man did in my life. And from that simple prospect... There's been uh, over 1,500 Calvary chapels throughout the world, 10,000% growth since 1968. But this is the kicker, Governor. In 1968, California had the fifth largest GDP. We had just created the California Aqueduct, which was a marvel of engineering that, that created this breadbasket. We were the state of the future. But we avoided politics in, in, in Calvary Chapel for 52 years, even though we've experienced 10,000% growth. And that's conversion growth, not transfer growth. A Harvest Crusades with Greg Laurie. But avoiding that for 52 years, how has that gospel and, and people coming to Christ changed the state of California while avoiding politics at the same time? Well, we no longer have the fifth largest GDP. We, we probably have the sixth, but we do have the largest gas tax, sales tax, income tax, corporate tax. We lead the nation in debt. We lead the nation in homelessness. We lead the nation in poverty. And we're, we, have, we lead the nation in abortion, transgender bathroom bills, no-fault divorce, the most secular progressive sexual education curriculum. And that's a result of Christians not participating and Reagan was governor in 68, and now 52 years later, we've, we've got churches, but we don't have a government. Can you, can you speak to that? Well, a lot of churches through the years, Rob, have believed that politics was dirty business and they didn't want to get involved and didn't need to be. Here's my response to that. Everybody wants to eat from a clean plate. Yeah. But that means somebody's got to do dishes. And so if we look at a value system that runs our government and we say, golly, what a mess, how corrupt, how evil. We have abortion on demand, people killing unborn children and really affecting the life of that birth mother for the rest of her existence, making her uh, really just racked with guilt and shame over what she's done. There's so many, you know, I say there's two victims in every abortion, the baby, obviously, yeah. but also the birth mother. Yep. And we need to show great compassion toward her Amen. and realize that she's likely been talked into something that she'll regret for the rest of her life. But here's what has happened. Churches bugged out of the political process. They didn't want to get involved, just wanted to preach the gospel. Hey, that's wonderful. But the culture has transformed itself into an anti-God. And now, in the last few years, an anti-American culture. We have people telling us that we're a racist country. Here's what I'd like to ask people. 20 years ago when 9-11 happened, did anybody talk about racism and how oppressed that people were if they were black or brown? No, because we were all Americans, and we all raised our flags. We all uh, grieved over 3,000 innocent fellow citizens who were murdered uh, by terrorists. And Congress, Democrats and Republicans, stood together on the steps of the Capitol and sang hymns. Why did that happen? Because a very huge calamity took place, shook us to our core, and reminded us that this is a wonderful country. And the reason we were attacked is because we weren't racist, and people did have an opportunity. Are we perfect? No. Nope. Yeah. We've made some huge mistakes. We've done horrible things in the past 
to people of color. But we're a transformed society from what we were even 50, 60, and certainly 100 years ago. My point is this. 20 years ago this week, people didn't see America as an evil, horrible place, but as genuinely, as Ronald Reagan said, a city on a hill. And once again, I, I don't want to hear people telling me how horrible America is, but here's what has happened to us. If the only voices that we're hearing are the voices of anti-Americanism, the voices of Marxism, the voices of the far left who believe there is no God except the one we just make up ourselves, who believe that there are 57 genders, who believe that uh, it's perfectly okay not only to take the life of an unborn child, uh, but that a six-year-old who can't decide what he wants for dinner can decide what gender he is. Mm. If we have those people leading our culture and society, then it's no small wonder that our culture has become a train wreck. Yeah. Here's what has to happen. People who have a value system that loves America, believes that God is the author of the rules of life, and that when we follow those, uh, we, we can live great lives. And, and I'm a musician, Rob, so here's what I know. Uh, before you play music, you have to tune your instrument. But you never tune your instrument to what you think, to what you feel, or to what you believe. You tune it to a fixed, never-changing standard. And if every one of the band tunes to that standard, now you're ready to play the song. Yeah. What we have in America, we have 330 million people all tuning to what they think and to what they feel and to what they personally believe. And instead of music, we've got noise and chaos. Yeah. What is the standard we ought to tune to? The Word of God. And, and as bold and audacious as that may sound, what else are we going to tune to? Yeah. Who else can we trust? So I say Christians need to step up, step in, and be a part of the solution and not just look and say, oh my, isn't the world a big mess right now? Well, that, that's, a, that's a perfect bow on on this entire conversation governor you have a way of just tying everything together and making such sense of it you you are precious i am so honored that you join us today here on socal live with kprz and kkla and for those of you who don't recognize that iconic voice it's governor mike huckabee my hero uh governor thank you for joining us today and and uh if i get a chance to co-host again will you be with us i hope so i would love to call on you again i would love to rob you know i love you my brother I'm so grateful for you, and uh, I hope we get to visit often because there's no one I'm more just uh, absolutely grateful for than I am for the courage that I've seen you have. And, and I love the fact that you do it uh, with, without a sense of arrogance or pretense. You do it with humility, with love, and with compassion toward even the people who hate you. Yeah. And that is such a witness, and I appreciate you doing that. Well, thank you, Governor. Bless you. I can't wait to talk to you in the future. And folks, you've been joining us at SoCal Live. We're going to take a break, and we're coming back with Senator Shannon Grove. So stick around. God bless you all. Well, folks, thank you for joining us at SoCal Live. I'm guest host, Pastor Rob McCoy. And for folks tuning in at KPRZ down there in San Diego and up here at KKLA in Los Angeles, uh, I get to guest host yesterday and today, and I've really enjoyed it. And we had a chance just to hear from Governor Huckabee a moment ago, and what a blessing that man is. 
But I have to tell you, he is, as I shared with all of you, he is bigger than life to me. He was an example for me. But the very first person who ever challenged me to run for office is my next guest. I was in Israel. I was a teaching pastor on a trip with Governor uh, Rick Perry. And uh, this California legislature was on that trip. And she turned to me and she asked me a number of questions and I answered them. And she said, you need to run for office. And I said, all right, I'll, I'll give it a thought. We prayed about it. And I actually threw my hat in the ring, ran for office. She endorsed me. She said, I'm going to be your greatest asset and your greatest liability because she is tenacious in the legislature. She's one of the few voices of reason and of conservative principles remaining. And she's tireless and she is wonderful. She's she's not only beautiful on the outside, but more importantly, on the inside, she is a stunning example of a godly woman. I adore her, and she's my mentor, and I'm honored to have her on the program. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Senator Shannon Grove. How you doing? Wow, with an introduction like that, I should just talk to you every day. That was awesome. Thank you. Well, Shannon, you you labor. I'm gonna. I, I was gonna call you Senator Grove. I'm gonna call you Shannon. You, you labor Shannon. endlessly uh, up at the Capitol. It almost seems as though you're always under siege. Uh, they have a supermajority both in the Assembly and the Senate, and this governor's getting away with all kinds of shenanigans. But you never give up. And and right now, you've stepped out of the uh, out of session to speak with us. What's going on in the state? Give some folks some insight because. You were the Senate minority leader, and you reported directly to the governor. So, I mean, you know what's happening up there. Tell us all, if you would. So I can tell you that we're in the last few days of session. Friday is actually the last day. So we're on the floor till about midnight tonight uh, because they cram all these bills and horrible bills into the last few days. So there's very little transparency. I can tell you that over the weekend they took up, over, they took up billions of dollars of budget bills dealing with um, wildfires, bathrooms, schools, all kinds of things in the budget. Um, and they expect the, you know, the public to comment on midnight, at midnight, over the weekend, on Labor Day weekend. And then those bills uh, get a hearing on Tuesday. They're on third reading for tomorrow to be passed. Um, they have what they call gut and amend bills coming. So oh, share with them because that's, uh, 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 it was AB 455, I think it was, uh, and yeah. it was it was a gut and amend. Tell them what the title was, and then when they removed all the innards of it, and they they kept the title, so you thought it was one thing, but on the inside right. of it, to share it with everybody, a gut and amend. And, so what and, they've done, yeah. So what they've done is they passed, so the people of the state of California said that bills have to be in print for 72 hours because they wanted transparency in government and they wanted California to be more transparent and knock this stuff off. So the bill, the Democrats in the state capitol with a supermajority determined that that should be the bill number and title. So you might have a bill number and title like 455 or 1102 that deals with, so 1102 deals with um, telehealth, but then they were going to drop vaccine language in it for mandates. The same with 455. It dealt with something completely different, but they kept the title and summary and the bill number, but they changed the entire language on the inside of it, or we're going to, um, about mandates, meaning the mandate on 455 would say that basically, in layman's terms, you could only go to church and the grocery store if you were not vaccinated. Mm. And you want to talk about Jim Crow laws. If you pull up CDC guidelines and CDC information based on race, over almost 60% of white people are vaccinated. Less than 6% of blacks are vaccinated. Uh, 
like 14% of Latinos are vaccinated. And when you look at this vaccination rate by race, you may as well say hang a shingle out there that says no blacks, no Latinos allowed. And the reason why is because they're not vaccinated. And if you're going to mandate you have a vaccine to go to Lowe's or to go to, you know, the auto parts store or get your tires changed or to have a job, um, that's just absurd. You're attacking the very people that you say you deeply respect and support. Wow. And, and, we're watching, it, especially in the black community, also in the Hispanic community, there's a hesitancy towards, because of what the government's done in the past, there's a hesitancy towards wanting to receive an injection. Exactly. And not only the hesitancy for what's the history of the way people of color were treated by government, but the inconsistency that our government has with it, right? The lies that are coming out on CNN and CSNBC, all of the stuff that's misinformation that's out there. And even, you know, um, and, and there's high profile black individuals and Latino individuals that are getting the shot and they're getting sick and a couple of people have died and they're like, well, that's not attributed to COVID. But there's such inconsistency and the government is not consistent on what they're putting out there that um, people are very hesitant and people should have the right to make a decision. I mean, the Democrats are the, the party of my body, my choice, right? right. And, and they still don't allow, um, you know, they don't allow you to have a choice. They're allowing 12 year olds to access your parents, their parents' insurance for abortions and sex change operations without their parents' knowledge being taken off school campus. But they're not allowing, but they're not, they're mandating 12, 16, year olds get vaccines that we get vaccines none of this is consistent and makes any sense whatsoever none at all i mean my body my choice but when it comes to you know an experimental mrna injection uh that, that you no longer have a choice or or you don't work and and they're saying well it's private industry and on and on and on but we're watching now as our first responders who we once called heroes and we were so, I lost you. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, go ahead. We were once calling our first responders heroes, our nurses, our doctors who were contending with this virus, long hours. And, and now they, they don't want to receive this injection, so they're going to be fired. Our heroes are, are now being fired. I actually made a forceful speech on that today. You know, they're saying that you can't protest vaccine sites and you can't protest. Freedom of speech is freedom of speech, whether you like it or not. And the bottom line is, is that you're exactly right. I mentioned the fact that, you know, our our nurses, a lot of them, thousands. Yeah. She, we're losing her, losing her a little bit. We're, she's fading there. Well, maybe she'll call back, but uh, we've lost connection with Senator Grove. And I, I've been up in the Capitol, and I know how bad the cell reception is there. She probably got in a tunnel or something, but if we get her back on the line, oh, we got her back. Okay, good. Let's let's. Oh, yeah, there you so are. Last year, yeah, last year our nurses were heroes. We had signs out in front of our yards and billboards were put up about the heroic efforts of our first responders, like and our frontline workers, like nurses. And this year they're evil and awful because they're not getting vaccinated after they worked eighteen months not vaccinated last year, right? Or put, the year before, you know, for that whole cycle, right? Putting their lives on the line, and now all of a sudden they go from being a hero to being ostracized, alienated, and unemployed. And and for a virus that has a 99.5% survival rate, it, it just doesn't process. And, and our, our firefighters, our police officers, and, and we're watching them stand in opposition. Our teachers are too. I just went to a meeting. 52, 52 teachers in our district are ready to walk out and stand in opposition to this mandated injection. Are, are you seeing this across the state, especially in Bakersfield? Across the state, as a matter of fact, all the way, you know, Loma Linda hospitals, there's, I believe there's several thousand nurses behind one coalition just basically saying, look, you know, 
uh, the same message that we just said. You know, we were heroes last year, and now you're trying to ostracize us. We saved lives last year unvaccinated, and we can save lives this year unvaccinated. And it's just sad that um, the government that we have is inconsistent, both on the federal level and on the state level, uh, inconsistent, inconsistent with the policies that they put out that they continually violate. It's hypocritical at best. And they're also inconsistent with the message on the vaccines. Now, Shannon, and I'm going to say Senator Grove, so folks know that uh, with me is Senator Shannon Grove, uh, state senator from from Bakersfield, and uh, you're you're at SoCal Live. I'm Pastor Rob McCoy. I'm the guest host, but I, I wanted to say all of that because folks are saying, "Well, this is a Christian radio station. Why you have a, a you know a state senator on the program? We should be talking about Jesus." And and I agree. I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, and I want all the listeners to hear from from Shannon's lips. How much do you love Jesus? Oh, I love Jesus, and He loves me. I mean, every morning I wake up and I put on the armor of God to come into this building and just say, Father God, protect me, give me wisdom. Jeremiah 33 3 says, Call on Him, and I'll give you great and searchable things you do not know. So we call on Him for strategy on how to stop nonsense bills. We call on Him for strategy and wisdom on everything that we do in this building. And I can tell you that. Um, without him, I wouldn't be here. And I believe that I was called up here. I had no interest in politics, but I was called up here because um, we have to mobilize the body of Christ to participate in the civic arena. We've never known how much government can intrude on our right to worship the Lord we serve like we did and we learned during this pandemic. And it's about time that the body of Christ engage. We're the lowest propensity voters in the entire state of California, if not the nation. And if we just engaged, it would change tremendously. You once had that figure, and we'll I'm going to close with this, but we have 15,280,000 self-professing evangelical Christians in California, of which half aren't even registered to vote, and of the half that are registered to vote, only half of those vote. We change that by five percentage points, and this this stupidity ends. Uh, My guest has been Senator Shannon Grove. She is fearless. She is a warrior for Jesus in the halls of government. She's a missionary in the halls of government. She has been loving on people up there. Many have come to Christ. She is relentless in the love of Christ and puts it into practice. Shannon, you're my hero. I adore you, and I I thank you for taking time out of session to be with us. Love you, my friend. Have a great day. We'll be praying for you. God bless you, dear. God bless you, too. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Senator Shannon Grove, all of you joining in KPRZ and KKLA, uh, SoCal Live. I'm your guest host, Pastor Rob McCoy, and you just heard from one of the most profound and powerful legislators in the state of California, Senator Shannon Grove. Pray for her, folks. We'll be right back with an amazing attorney who has taken this fight on her name's Nicole Pearson. I think you're going to be blessed, so stick around. God bless y'all. Well, thank you for joining us here at SoCal Live. I am your guest host, Pastor Rob McCoy. And for folks tuning in at KPRZ in San Diego, KKLA here in Los Angeles, welcome. We had Governor Huckabee. We had Senator Shannon Grove. It's been a pretty amazing hour. But I have to tell you, it's, this, is a, this is a good segment to close on because I met our next guest when we were doing a frontline doctors event for first responders because the folks at Senator Shannon Grove was talking about that at one point were considered heroes as they were contending with this virus in these hospitals, working sleepless nights are now con- considered detriments to our culture as we're firing them because they refuse to receive this mandated injection. And now all of them are reaching out and wondering what they do, and they're seeking legal help, and they're seeking religious exemption. And we've been providing that at GodSpeak.com. 
But my next guest, I met her at this event, and my girls, they're all older and married and they're sweet as can be, but they just said, you know, Dad, I think I got a girl crush on her because our next our next guest, Nicole Pearson, wearing these stiletto shoes and just slaying with conservative principles and showing people the freedom they have in America, and as an attorney, just masterfully laying out what their options are, and she's a remarkable attorney. She's tireless. And she's a dear friend who I've just gotten to know recently, but I'll tell you what, I feel like I've known her forever. So I want to welcome to the program, Nicole Pearson. Nicole, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you, Rob? I'm doing well. And, and I, I know you're going to be at the Charlie Kirk event tonight in Murrieta. Um, but I, I was sharing with the folks as I introduced you that you you were this attorney at that frontline event, and when you started to speak, people, though they, they appreciated everything the doctors had to say and to understand this virus and, and to understand this this injection that's being thrust upon them and to see the, the severity and the danger of it, you come up because their questions now are, as a first responder, as, as someone who is now going to, you know, like a student losing their scholarship because they refused to receive this injection, you began to lay out for all the folks what, what they can do and, and what's needed right now to contend to, to defend our freedoms, so much so that I asked you to come back and you did another event and you're tireless. Would you just elaborate on that, what we're facing and what some of these folks can do and what you would encourage them to do? Absolutely. Well, for, thank you for your confidence and belief in me um we really you know as i mentioned we're i'm part of a team there are hundreds of us um there's a pretty dedicated core of a dozen two dozen of us that are working as you said tirelessly on this um and you know as i mentioned in the last presentation that we did or did everything is changing by the minute yep. uh, today i was on watching the senate hearings live all day today watching what bills have been passed which bills are trying to, you know, gut and amend and sneak in at the 12th hour, like literally 12 a.m., midnight. Yep. Um, we have the recall that's coming up. That people, please, 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 if there's one thing you guys take away from this chat that we have right now, is you must go vote in the recall. You can go now. There are early polling opportunities, places to go now. Go in person. Vote in person with a paper ballot. Do not vote by mail. Do not even vote on the computers. Um, and please go vote and vote yes on the recall to remove Governor Newsom because. Yeah, this has to happen. Um, dictating our lives right now. So, you know, everything, is, as I mentioned, is changing by the minute. They just tried to pass two bills. One is for what I talked about in my, you know, in my presentations, which is, is proof of vaccination, digital proof of vaccination. Uh, I just, another thing I really want to hammer home is that this is so, 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 so much bigger than vaccinations. This is so. This has nothing to do with our health or safety or with vaccination. This has everything to do with putting us all into a digital verification passport system, health pass, green pass, whatever you want to call it. Yep. We already know it exists in New York. We know it exists. They're rolling it out in the UK. They have it in, in Israel. And they're trying to pass one in uh, California. And Governor Newsom announced it. So, yep. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's happening. And, um, you know, I can go on and on. But, you know, the, the, the reason why I mention it is because what is happening right now and why um, my advice personally has changed quite a bit is that we are not trying to work with
in these mandates. We are not trying to work within these unconstitutional, illegal, uh, discriminatory, retaliatory, uh, you know, vaccine mandate policies. Right. Because you're either going to get in the system because you have a number, a personalized identification number because you got the shot, or you're going to get the personalized identification number because you didn't get the shot because you got an exemption. Yeah. And truly, that is what we are trying to avoid. And also, it just legitimizes this whole system, which is completely, I don't care what anybody says, it is illegal, it is unconstitutional, it's not supported by the current case law, and we, we don't we don't need to work within it and work around it and figure it out. We need to break it. We cannot allow it to roll out the way it's rolling out at quite a, quite a fast pace. Nicole, you, you came and you spoke uh, to the first responders at our church. At first, we had mm-hmm. the, the frontline doctors, and then a couple of the first responders, police and fire, said, can we do a special event for us? And so we mm-hmm. put it together, and you responded. And as a result, one of the the folks that attended the frontline doctors event was a first responder, wanted to do something, didn't want to sit idly by, and they began mm-hmm. to organize. And, and now we have hundreds of first responders. Beautiful. We have teachers. We had over 50 teachers meet. They're, they're going to stand in opposition in our, in our uh, school district. And now they're they're unifying, and they they contacted me, and they said, "How do we get in touch with with candidate Elder Larry Elder?" And you know, I know Larry a little bit, but I texted him, mm-hmm. and bless his heart, he took the text and he connected with these these uh, firefighters and police officers, and statewide, they're going to stand together to say, "Remove the mandates." Governor Elder's or Governor Elder that that's a that's a Freudian <laughs> slip, um, <laughs> and and listen at. Bless, bless Salem Communication, KPRZ, KKLA. There's freedom of speech. They don't hold to my positions. I get that, and and I'm I'm talking, and uh, you know I I don't I don't I don't know any of that. I'm just saying that candidate elder uh, is going to stand with these firefighters who are putting their jobs on the line, who every day have put their lives on the line, but now have to put their jobs on the line because. The, the state wants to threaten their lives with something experimental and mandate it. And mm-hmm. we have to stand together with them in protest. And you're an attorney and you're basically saying, look, don't don't seek to be segregated. Stand mm-hmm. and, and stand upon your inalienable rights, your God-given rights and tell them no. Is that what you're advocating? Is that what I'm hearing? A hundred percent. I, I want to be really clear about another issue. Again, this is not about vaccination status. And I don't mean to sound cliche. This is literally about human rights. We are, if you condone this, these systems, we, you are condoning giving up one of, like you said, our most inalienable fundamental rights, the right to privacy, the right to bodily autonomy, the right to dictate. And I want to be clear, when you say right to privacy, that includes the right to have a family or yep. not. That's yep. where the right to have an abortion comes from. And you just want to be, you know, to marry whoever you want. That's where interracial uh, marriages come from, homosexual marriages come from. This, I just, the reason why I share this is because also in California, we have a very well-established right to die, right to refuse medical treatment. So you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. We either have these fundamental rights and privileges to dictate the course of our life and the quality of our life, or we don't. So I, I am. I'm saying this has nothing to do with your status. This has nothing to do with there are hundreds of people that are people at our rallies who have been vaccinated. It has to do with freedom of choice. 
And when you give that freedom of choice, when you give that right to choose away, you will not get it back. When you give it to the government, nonetheless, you will not get it back. And I said, you know, in the last presentation, it is much easier to cling to the freedom that you have than to give it up and try and claw it back. It will not happen, especially with this government. Government suspends it. They don't give it back. Uh, Nicole, you 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 articulated this idea of of, of autonomy uh, that we the people mm-hmm. that we have these inalienable rights that need to be protected, and you've laid it out that we have to stand in opposition to it. And and I I am mm-hmm. so grateful for your tireless work on behalf of all the folks in California across the country. Keep up the good work. You bless me. I know this Thank was a you. last minute inclusion, but I needed the folks to hear from you. And and last part, just tell us how can we support what you're doing? How can we stay connected with what you're doing? Can you give us some links? Sure. So, uh, I, you know, I'm on Instagram. My ha- handle is a little bit long, but it's facts, law, truth, and justice. So flat facts, the facts plus the law will hopefully lead to truth and justice. That's my goal here. Yeah. That's also the name of my website, factslawtruthjustice.com. I, I am spending hours and hours building up that website with resources, videos, uh, letters, templates, uh, medical journals, uh, everything you need me, opinions, legal authority. So please go to that website. Please click on the resources tab. Please help yourselves. And the reason why I say that is because there are only so many attorneys. There are only yeah. even we, so many hours in a day, and everyone's rights are being violated. Well, everyone's rights are on the line right now. So everybody we, we have stand to stand up and get active. We, absolutely. We have to support you. Facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, say it again. Facts. Facts. Law, Truth, and Justice. Facts, Law, Truth, and Justice. So mm-hmm. check it out, .com, that's it. And, and Nicole, thank you for joining us. Bless you, dear. I'll catch up with you down thank the road. You. All right, thank folks. You, so you bet. So folks, thank you for joining us on this. That was uh, Attorney Nicole Pearson. And listen, it, rights are like muscles. If you don't exercise them, you're going to lose them. So everybody needs to stand in opposition to this. This is about freedom, and Christ has come to set the captives free. I have been your guest host, Pastor Rob McCoy. Thank you for joining us on SoCal Live. God bless you all. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.